Good morning. If you could, please join me in the reading of today's scripture passage from the Gospel of Luke. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a village of Galilee to a virgin Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of the King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Both confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative is, I'm sorry, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took for notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When the angel came to Mary, they they greet each other in this text. Uh, We see them greeting each other in this text, and and we hear Mary trying to figure out what this meeting is about. And, and the angel says to her, Gabriel says to her, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid isn't, isn't the sermon, but, but it's Gabriel's opening. It's his intro. He says to her, don't be afraid. And, 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 and I think that every time God comes near, 
don't be afraid feels appropriate. Every time we're on the cusp of hoping and worshiping, don't be afraid is at the edges. Every time God is is emerging, don't be afraid feels like the right introduction. And, 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 and for some of us, coming to church day after day or week after week or coming to the scriptures day after day or week after week or coming to this liturgical time year after year, for some of us, the sermon is in that command, don't be afraid. And, and I was thinking about that as I was thinking about what the, what the real sermon is. And, and I was sitting with that, hearing that song this morning. Uh, there's a line after the shepherds or something in the make room song. And there's that line about fear and, and, and hearing again the reading of God's word. And Gabriel saying to Mary, don't be afraid. And, and it's very commanding language. I mean, if you, if you heard this text uh, this morning, last week, and the week after that, you, you've heard these angels get really commanding when they come around and they share God's message to God's people. Gabriel has a tone in his voice. Gabriel, Gabriel has a tone in his voice, an inflection in his words. Don't be Afraid, and I was sitting there thinking about that, hearing you sing, sitting, thinking about that command, and saying, My, 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 this angel, where does he get his message from? You know, Gabriel, as he said in that other part of the Bible, Gabriel spends his time in the company of God, in the company of angels, in the presence of the holy, in the presence of the divine community. And I can imagine Gabriel feeling a sense of rush when he hears what his message to carry to Mary is. I can hear Gabriel, I can imagine Gabriel hearing God's voice in glory, in that immediate and raw and unfiltered way. And I can imagine Gabriel running through time that isn't time, eternity that isn't eternity, coming from heaven to earth and earth to heaven and finding Mary with the same gripping tone that he was gripped by. Because when God speaks, to this spiritual guide for us when God speaks of this woman of God and us. When God speaks about you, when God speaks about y'all, when God speaks about us, there is no suggestion in God's words. There is Joseph don't leave her. There is Mary. Don't fear. Doesn't seem to be an option. Doesn't seem to be a list. Doesn't seem to be a suggestion. When the angel comes with God's word for Mary, the opening is not an option. It's arresting. Now, I've never been arrested. I don't want to be arrested. I don't want to walk to my car after church and get arrested. I don't want you to be arrested if you have. I don't recommend it. But this language is arresting, it is grabbing, it is almost yanking this, don't be afraid. For somebody, that's your sermon. 
Somebody you can click offline. I, I made it my, my business to say online today because I, I, I haven't forgot about y'all, but you know, it's you're, you're, you're where you are and your message is just don't be afraid. It's not a whole lot of deep theology. Three words, don't be afraid. It's not, it's not mystical. It doesn't require a whole lot of explanation. It is simply do not fear. It is simply you will survive. It is, it is, it is, it is God's three-worded message for you outlast the thing. It, it, is, it is clear. It is not long. It is not drawn out. It's live, live, live. It is, it is, it is just a three-worded command that is not a suggestion, that is not an idea, that is not possible if you think it is good. It's do the thing. It's, it's, it's have the child. It's birth the ministry. It's three words. It's, it's a command. This, this Advent thing. This hope thing. It can be just that. Now don't get up and walk out because I'll, I'll get confused if you leave because the sermon ain't over. The sermon is not over. Church, we got to light the candles in. <laughs> the other candles, the other candles. Gabriel comes to Mary and I love how this text, this text just does work in your heart. And just the text can, can, can be God's tool. You, you don't need a whole lot of hearing and thinking and opining and reflecting and reframing. You can just sit with this text. And this text, if we sit with this text, is transformational. In this passage, Gabriel comes and talks to Mary about where she's headed. And, and, and Mary's future, Mary's time of expectation, Mary's possibilities, Mary's life is, is talked about, oriented in relationship to Elizabeth's life. She is talked about in relation to her cousin. Mary's told she will have a child. And the orientation of her expectation is somebody else's. So curious to me how God will talk to you through others. How, how when the message is really about you, someone else is your guidepost. Mary, the prophecy, the theophany, the angelophily, whatever, the, the visitation is about the child in you. but not the timing. This was in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Isn't it interesting how God will work with you on somebody else's timeline? How, how you will hear as clear as night God telling you something, but when God grounds you in the calendar, it's not your calendar. And 
in this passage, there's the, the introduction of the conflict that, that the prophecy is about Mary's baby. But the calendar is Elizabeth's baby. You know Jesus is coming. You've heard the songs and the hymns since you were a child. But what time frame are we talking about? You know God told you to wait. But God, how long are we talking about? Come on, church. You know there's something that is deeply personal to you. This, this one's for your family. This one is for your neighborhood. And yet you can't help but hear the reminders of every other neighborhood, family, ministry, job. Elizabeth, six months. My prophecy, not my time. My message, but I don't know when. My truth, but in what time zone? The angel speaks to Mary. In the presence of God, the coming of the sent one, the nearness of blessing occurs for her and Elizabeth. Gabriel appears and, 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 and he tells Mary that the Lord is with her and the, the church, and by church, the big C church, and I was telling my son the other day, at one point there was just a church and for the first 10, well, it was always a little, there were splinters everywhere and sometimes the African folk weren't even really grafted into the big C church because there was that African contingent that became the Coptic. But let's just call it all one church. Let's, let's just say there was one sort of a non-diverse, homogeneous, but it was black if it had to be one color, just so you know. It was, you know let's go. Let's just go with me. Just go with me on that. You, stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. So before the church split, splintered the schisms, before that, the church took this phrase, made it a prayer, made it a prayer. We said it today. The children didn't quite sound like they wanted to say it, but, but we said, the Lord be with you. It's a prayer, right? Have you ever been to Mass? Anybody ever been to Mass? Episcopal Church, Catholic Church, you've heard that. It's a, it's a prayer and a pronouncement. It's not just a greeting. It's a prayer. It's a sermon. It's a, it's a proclamation of the gospel that comes out of this text. The Lord be with you. The Lord is with you. And this, this is the language that Gabriel mentions to Mary. He says, don't be afraid. He says, the Lord is with you, Mary. It's a prayer for these seasons of Advent. It's a prayer for these moments of Advent. It is a greeting, perhaps, for this church. Perhaps you should play with the idea of sometimes, instead of saying good morning, saying that old prayer, the Lord be with you. I know it's churchy, and it used to be this church didn't like being churchy. I don't know how y'all are now, but for a while, being churchy was a little bit beyond the pale. It was not cool, if you will, and so, so being churchy was a bit too, too um, you know, standoffish to folks who might want to come to church, so, so, so it might be, be churchy. You know, I'm a churchy person sometimes today. And so I'm suggesting a churchy strategy to orient you to truth. Sometimes under your mask, you ought to just say, the Lord be with you. Sometimes, sometimes what you did today when you send your children to school is just lay your hands on their heads. 
You don't have to holler at Gabriel. He hollered. You know, he was commanding. He was angelic, coming from God's throne and all that. You can just come from your bedroom with sleep in your eyes. He comes to Mary. He says, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Before she knows where the favor is directed. Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Before she knows where the favor is directed, she hears that the Lord is with her. Before she gets the outline of what's to come, she hears the Lord is with her. Before the reading of her next days, she hears that prayer, that pronouncement. Sometimes God will send you a clear message about who you are before you go through what's ahead. Sometimes God will say, Man, you're favored. Before you go through hell. Sometimes God will tell you what you really are before you lose all you have. Just be a word like favored. It may not be a whole long prophecy. It may be so short, so truncated, so brief that you think nothing of it. You just, what was that? What was that about? What was that about? Why did I hear that when I read that? Why did I hear that when the prayer ministers prayed over me? Why did that stay? Why did that come up? Why? And then you live through the prophecy of bearing God where God has not been. Can I say to you, church, that, that this Advent for you might just be the season where you finally get captured by the necessity of your carrying Jesus into places where Jesus isn't actually worshipped. He's there. He's near. He's present. But maybe Mary guides us into what it is to be a worship leader. Maybe Mary is leading us into what it means to be favored when you have to hold for months what begins to change the world. Greetings, favorite woman, the Lord is with you. Greetings, favorite woman, the Lord is with you. Hear the Spirit of God lifting this truth up before Mary hears the rest. Before the prognosis, the Lord is with you. Before the failing grave, before the breakup, before the firing, 
Lord is with you. Before the return call, the audition, the test results, the Lord is with you. What does it mean? What does it mean to carry God into places where God has not been? What does it mean to carry Jesus into places where Jesus is not quite worshipped? It means to carry favor before understanding. The get-together, the party, the decision, the trip, the ride home, the family dinner, before that, before that, before Christmas, before the holiday, before that. For some of you, that's the second sermon. You got the first one earlier. This is the second one. Some of you, you can just check out now. Don't leave because I'll talk about you. I'll grab you. I'll talk. Don't leave. Some of you, some of you are hearing that and saying, okay, all right, all right. All I need to know for now is that God hasn't left me. All I need to know is that God has still favored me. I don't know the rest, but I know that. I'm not sure what this bulge in my members is about. I'm not sure why I wake up and smell differently and why I can't tolerate the same smells and foods and tastes, the same foolishness. I don't know why I'm so sensitive to people being stupid now. I just can't deal. I can't deal with it. I, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. My son said to me once, you can't say stupid. I looked at him like, I'm about to call you. (laughs) I believe in the word stupid. I do. I don't know why my patience has grown shorter for some things. Is it a sign that God is with me and taking me further into what it means to be closer to God than I've ever been before? I'm almost done. I haven't turned the page, but I'm almost done. <laughs> so, so. God's lining the unknowns of our lives with favor. This, this favor in this text, this word, means that God has a good will and attitude towards Mary. It's interesting because no, nowhere I looked, said that God has love for Mary. It's favor feels, you know, feels good. It's good enough. But, but there's this notion that, that it's about attitude, not necessarily love. I think love is there. God's ahead in her every future with light, favor, and splendor in that pain. The favor is there in that mourning sickness, that favor is there, the idea in the sacrifice, God is there. And there is in her uh, interaction with Gabriel a prophecy of favor that covers her fighting, that covers her struggling, that covers her labor, and I think it is true for you. So the question for you, church, is what is the favor of God in my life? Because God's attitude in my life is there to sustain me in my life. Gabriel is speaking to Mary, and notice Mary's response, and this is the other part of the message. Mary responds to the angel by saying, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then she travels. She hurries to the hill country to see her cousin Elizabeth, right? Imagine this this woman just found out she's about to have Jesus running to the hill country. I, I just, it's something I love of now. I don't know if she's running. She hurried, so who knows what that meant. I think it means running. There's something in that hurried journey 
to the country that we don't have a lot of text about, but we ought to have some imagination about. Gabriel's message is one that Elizabeth repeats. Mary is, quote, blessed above all women. Her child is blessed. Her child is blessed. And there is a sense that through angels and cousins that God is trying to speak blessing. This really should be a way we understand kinship. This really should be the, the way we understand our purpose in one another's lives. I know you've got to critique me, and I know you've got to challenge me. I know that your constructive approach is necessary for me to get better. But, but I think this, this unrelenting blessing is the way we ought to act toward each other. Good morning, I'm here to bless you. Hey, did you know how favored you are in my mind? Now, <clears throat> we don't use words like that because, again, see my previous comment about churchiness, but, but, but there's, there's a quality of Godness, I'm black, I make up words. There's a quality of, of, of divinity that comes with words like blessed and favored that if we don't use those words, we live at a loss. I'm going to say this, I didn't write it down, so stay with me. We already live at many losses. Why live? this loss too. If I can do it again, if I can't, you tell me what I said. There's a quality that comes with words like blessing and favor that when we do not use them, we live at a loss. We already live at many losses. Why live at this one? So, so Mary, you're blessed. Your child is blessed. Now, twist this around enough because it's not, it's about Jesus and he's a child, he's a whole child, he's a whole person, fully grown now, isn't even around, he's so, so grown now, he's elsewhere. As you birth forth what God is bringing into the world through you, who's naming it is blessed? Who's reminding you that it is blessed? Who's reminding you of your blessedness because of what you're doing, who you are? Daniel Prime, how am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? Okay. Her reply is, I am the Lord's servant. Mary offers two types of guidance, two words that I lift up. The first one is service. Now, I'm going to ask you to say this word in about 15 seconds. I'm going to ask you to say the word service. And when I ask you, I'm going to want you to say the word service. Say the word service. Service. Yes. She says to Gabriel, she says to Elizabeth, I am the Lord's servant. She says, I am the Lord. Some translations say, slave. I am the Lord's bondservant. I am the Lord's servant. She tells this to the angel. She says to the one who came to communicate who she is, who she is. <clears throat> the angel came to tell her who she is, and she told the angel who she is. Your favorite, I'm a servant. <clears throat> You're the mother of God. I'm a servant. You're going to get really sick in about two weeks. I'm a servant. 
somehow, I'll do this without how I wrote it, somehow Mary is, is speaking who she is as she learns who else she is. She's, she's saying, I'm God's humble servant. And she's learning that she's bringing God into the world. And somehow this works. And this is how I think it works. I think it works because, because Mary has to transmit something to this child that he will not get from his father. The father of Jesus isn't interested in humility. Sit with that. The, the, the creator of all that is, was, and ever shall be does not need to be humble. Humble by whose standards? God knows nothing of humility on that paternal side. Go wherever you need to go in whatever theology and Bible. Come back, find me, find me, talk to me about it. The beautiful mystery of Jesus is that what he can never know through God the Father, he has a mother for. Oh, Lord. This crazy incarnation where, where divinity and humanity meet, meets right here. You're the mother of God. I'm the Lord's humble servant. It's right there. Jesus has to get something that he doesn't have. And Mary's telling Gabriel, if I'm going to be that, I got to be this. If, if, if I'm going to be the mother of God, if God's going to take human form, for the reasons you're telling me God needs to take human form. God has to have a basic understanding of humanness that is so far unknown. I know, I know. But he created the earth. What do you mean he doesn't know? I know, I know. I know. Sit with it. This humility was not something Jesus could know in his bones before he had bones. Because service is not theoretical. It's not even what you proclaim speaking God on Genesis 1 where nothing is there. You can't proclaim service. You've got to do service. Last thing. Mary guides us in what it means to be a serving people. A humble people. She guides us what it means to be a singing people. Now in this passage, there's, there's so much room for an entire year of discussion on worship. Whole year maybe, if at least two. How long did this church preach in Acts way back in the year? Like 19 years? <laughs> yeah. Mary sings here, and, and her song includes verses and choruses, refrains that we need in our mouths. She talks about how 
my soul praises the Lord. My soul rejoices. She says, he noticed me. Generations will come, call me blessed. He has done great things, mighty and merciful. He scattered the proud. He's exalted the humble. He has filled. He's sent. He's helped. Fulfilled promises. She's, she's writing a song here, and her song is a workshop in worship. She, she leads us in our singing. Now, some of you cannot sing. I'm glad only Carlton laughed, because this isn't a joke. Some of you cannot sing. And Mary's writing for you, too. See, see, Mary, that was kind of a knock, and it was true, but now it's not true, so it's rhetorical now, that, that Mary's writing for people who know how to sing and people who can't sing. Sometimes you don't know the song, so you can't sing, right? I can't sing because I don't know the words. They, they're messing up with the screens. Uh, Lord, would you just change the slide right before so I can, you know, it's, <clears throat> whoo, and then they still, they sang it again, but they switched the slides. I don't know. I, I'll just, I'm glad I have a mask on. I can't sing. Some of us know the words, and we, how can I say? We don't know how the note is supposed to sound. Come on, there. Let me, let me, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. This is improv. This is improv. I have no idea if this is going to like help the point. Um, <laughs> I can mess up. Okay. Uh, can you just play play G? Now, some of us, when we hear. The worship leaders say, gee, we sing D-flat. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Now stay there, because I'm like almost done, and where I'm not really, it's going to feel like I am because you're here. Play that same chord again. Yeah, that's great. All right, this is perfect. We can't sing because we don't know G from D from A-flat. <laughs> I'm not going to get through this. I'm not. I'm not. When I was growing up, Hezekiah Walker used to sing. He's, he's a gospel singer. He's passed and all that now. He's, he's got like these famous popular one-liners. You know, every praise is one of the last ones. I ever heard every praise to our God. Da, 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 right? He's got like years of this. And one time he like starts a song. He's like, A flat. And I swear, every time he starts a song, he's like, put me in A flat. It's just like, no matter what he's. <laughs> I know, that's a, that was the point, but don't tell him I said that because, you know, I don't, anyway. Um, Mary guides us in what G sounds like. And when we sing in a flat, what a flat sounds like. And, and she, she tutors us and orients us in an accurate response to the presence, the company, the nearness, the activity of God. Her language here mirrors her nearness. Worship centers from her proximity. Her language affects God's, or reflects rather, God's character. Worship births in divinity. Her language exhibits her soul's concerns. Worship is mindful of reality, and she is teaching us this. The rest of y'all, James, come on, come on, come on. She's, she's teaching us singing 
But here's the thing. Here's the thing that is also true about what Mary is doing in her worship, in her guidance. She's, if you look at this passage, and I hope these weeks you've been listening to it and looking at it, she's, she's writing, and I, I don't know what I said when I was writing about this a few years ago, but what I came to now is that this, this worship workshop is not a reflection on what God is doing in Mary's can you put up that, that, that uh, passage, the last portion of the passage of our text this morning once more in Luke where, where he shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done this, tremendous things. He scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble one more. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful for he has made this promise. All of this is a reaction to Elizabeth's pregnancy not hers. Go to the last one, last verse. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own pregnancy, to her own songwriting about herself, to her own devotional life. All of Mary's song is look what God did in you, girl. The worship that we learn from her is grounded in Elizabeth's miracle. Because she's got the months of this behind her. Because we know it's a geriatric and high-risk pregnancy in today's terms. But God brought you through trimester one God brought you through trimester two. Let's start writing about this. So I'm going to ask you to open up your heart to Mary's guidance in what it means for you to worship. We're going to light fires and candles and all that real safe in a few minutes. Your children are going to come back and make noise and we're going to bring them into this room. But before, before they come into this room, worship for a moment. Doesn't even have to be about what God is doing in you. If God hasn't even started in you, if you haven't gotten Gabriel's prophecy, God's doing something in somebody you know, start there. Bow your head. We're going to sing that make room song, just a chorus maybe or something. Open your hands. You're still seated. Just open up those hands on your knees, on, on your lap, wherever your hands are. Let's just sing it one time. Open-eyed if you don't know the song. Is 
this. Say this. There is room in my heart. Come on. Everybody say, there is room. Say, there is room. There is room in my heart for God to write. children. Things were so quiet and you come. Come on. Come on. Find your parents no matter what they told you. you Find them. Find your mom. Find your dad. Find your family. Find your family. God, may we make room for these children in our hearts the way we make room for you in our hearts. We're going to transition to this beautiful kind of history at New Community. It's a tradition uh, where we together enact how Christ is the light of the world, how our lives center on God in Christ. God creates the light God sustains the light. Sometimes God darkens the light. God lifts the light. And so I, I get your candles, get your candles. If you don't have the lid covers that protect things from falling, we don't want to burn anybody. We don't want to burn anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to do this. Emily, come and say this so I don't mess up. Is there any more to be said? We're going to choose light from the Advent candle. And then um, our ministry directors will come to the edges down the aisle and light the light that you have so that you can share that light down the road. Go ahead and say So as we pass the light, kids especially, pay attention for a second. The person whose candle is not lit, that's the light that goes this way. If you have candle that's lit, you hold it straight up, not this way. Got it? Thank you. And if you can sing and if you can't sing, the song is for you. So everybody, right? We sing together. When it's a congregation, we all sound good together. We're going to start singing while we light, or do we wait? What did we do? Let's start in the middle. Follow Carlton, follow our worship leaders.
Don't everybody look at the same time, but just look around, look around, look at this light, look at this beauty. Look around, turn around. And may this be the benediction for us, church. That when you are alone and you forget that you have the light of the world, there's a memory of you looking around at your sister and your brother and hearing about Jesus the Lord at thy birth. May this week as you live your life, you live your life as if you have the light when the light is not in your hand. When the winds of your life blow the light around, when the ways of the world blow your light away, may the Holy Spirit lift up a standard against every wind. May you have everything you need to be what you stand right now as. The light of the world city on a hill. It's not just you, it's this church. So look around one more time and say, I bless my sister. Say it. I bless my brother. Say it. I bless this church. Say, I bless these children. Say it. I bless. I bless. We're blessed. I bless. Our prayer ministers will be here to pray for you up here. You want prayer? Come get prayed for. Before you start walking out, you do need to blow that candle out, but hold on to it as long as you need to be reminded of the fire of God in your life. Merry Christmas. Have a splendid week. God loves you. Jesus.